Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Patreon-exclusive podcast about the one thing that I know something about, game shows. I suppose I'm your host, Jordan Haas. I just ran into the room because I just wanted to talk about this episode. Yes, this is a walkie-talkie episode, so if you, it sounds weird. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, look, plugged in. Done. <clears throat> How do I sound? Do I sound good? I don't know. <sighs> Just trying to relax here, and I decided, boy, I can't wait to talk about game shows again for my Patreon pals. You, you're my Patreon pal. Thumbs up. <clears throat> so, over the course of 115 episodes of the mainline game shows, I suppose, a lot of game shows cross my mind as to what to cover. This is one of those where it's like, oh, this is one of those so bad it's good kind of game shows or is it so bad it's just bad and it's one that i remember really getting along with cindy Seidelman from game show gumbo over because it's really trashy stupid now we didn't talk about that many mtv game shows i mean we didn't talk about we, we didn't we talked about remote control we talked about singled out we didn't talk about trashed uh I still don't know if I want to talk about Trash. Maybe in the future. I don't know. I feel like that show's the worst game show. There's things like Next and Date My Mom and all those other dating shows on MTV that people love to bring up. Like, like wasn't Zach Afron the contestant on one of those shows? I'll look into it. <clears throat> but this is kind of fun because it's kind of like an MTV game show that wasn't on MTV. It was a syndicated game show. But the executive producers and creators of the show were the creators of Singled Out on MTV. I'm talking about a show called Peer Pressure. So here's the idea. Uh, when we were in the middle of, I believe it was 1997, I mean, Saturday morning cartoons were still all the rage. Everyone was watching Kids WB and all these other shows, and syndicators who weren't on a proper Fox or Warner Brothers kind of felt a little screwed over. But what they decided to do was this was their attempt to do a teen block because, you know, everything's focused towards like 11, 12, 10, 9, 8, 7-year-olds. But there's nothing for the high school students. So there were a few game shows that came to mind. Uh, in the process to make it Gladiators 2000. Ugh. But not just that, there was also Click, a Merv Griffin game show with Ryan Seacrest as host. It was actually pretty fun, but it didn't really last that long. It only lasted two seasons. But this, this is one of those shows that they decided to try and pair with Click because, well... It felt like you need an hour-long block of game shows. It's the click peer pressure hour. That's how it was here in Los Angeles when I was a kid growing up here. They put click and then they put peer pressure afterwards. And then sometimes they had like weird shows like WMAC Masters. There was, uh, I think there was like a weird show where like Ryan Seacrest played a guy stuck in a computer. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird time. It was mostly the Ryan Seacrest hour. But... Uh, this was peer pressure, and this had a little bit of buzz going into it because you had the single out people in development at this. So you're telling people this is a hot new game show from the people who brought you singled out. This is going to be wild and crazy. It's like a game show. It's a board game. It's about life. Whoa. But at the same time, this is also kind of financed by the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. They didn't really ever bring this up, by the way. So this is some hardcore research I had to do. So a lot of the financing for this show, yes, it was a lot of out-of-pocket. But if you, So what they try to do is they try to get a lot of licensing. So, for instance, they licensed the Magic 8-Ball in Season 1. And we'll get to that in just a second. They also had a lot of sponsor deals with places around. So... You had Hard Rock. Uh, you had Hard Rock offering sponsorships. Magic Mountain. You had a Jeep 
with their cool boombox at the time. Sony offered a few electronic devices. They really try to go out of their way to get really cool gifts and really cool promotionals. And I mean, I enjoyed looking at that. Because the grand prize was usually a computer or like some season passes to a theme park. It wasn't really a great prize, shall we say. It's a teen game show. And the prize budget's maybe $1,500. It was like a $1,500 prize, shall we say. So it wasn't really like a grand prize. But hey, it is a game show intended for like 15-year-olds. So what do you want? So uh, the reason R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company financed this was because they started the Right Decisions Right Now PSA team in the 90s. You know how there was D.A.R.E. and you were told, don't do drugs, marijuana is bad. Well, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company had to basically tell kids to not smoke. This is part of their good nature thing because of long nature Blah, 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 government politics over cigarettes. So at the time, you had a lot of people offer PSAs. So you had like Joey Lawrence to go, hey, yo, don't do smoking. You had Will Smith. Hey, guys, don't smoke. As he smoked backstage during Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah, that's fun stories to tell. So it was all like, hey, kids, don't smoke. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. So with that financing of Right Decisions Right Now, Mixed with Magic 8-Ball and all of these prizes, all they had to do was come up with a weird game show. And the idea was, simply put, you get, you put contestants in dilemmas. Do you want to go with the group or go on your own? And then it's yes-no decisions to uh, advance along a game board. And the game board is broken up into little sectors. Uh, you know, the, the whole life-size game board concept is one of my favorite concepts in the world of game shows. Uh, I mean, eventually, I guess we have to talk about uh, Grand Little Oka, the goose game. That was a, like a huge hit in the 90s and 80s. Uh, but I just, eh. Video Village was one I would say is one of my favorites. Shenanigans, which is hard to find. Uh, but the, those are board game, game shows. And I was like, those are always funny because the people are pawns running along the game board. It's neat. So what if we did that, but there was no dice rolls? And also, there was the attempted look at it's all randomized, but it isn't. I'm not kidding. It, the game is forced on the players. Everything is pre-developed before the game there is no roll of the dice it's everybody gets the same options it's just in a random interval as well as different uh, spaces so <clears throat> here's how peer pressure works the contestants are at the spurt space whoever are the two closest to the finish line when time runs out goes to the final round the pressure cooker to determine the amount of spaces you go through, you have to go. You have to roll the magic eight ball, but you don't really roll the magic eight ball. It's already predetermined by the set producers at the head time. You have four types of activity: decision, odd job, temptation, and fast track. The values, however, were randomized, so that is the only element of the game where the values are random. But kind of not really, because essentially what they try to do is if you uh, advance and it, they make it so the spaces go to a bonus space if you complete the win condition of whatever challenge it is. So, for instance, you would get uh, uh, the decision. A decision would be worth four spaces, so you advance four if you're right. But in advancing four spaces, it'll say advance two spaces, so you're really going six spaces. Oh, lucky you. It's almost like that was intended to be that way. Isn't that fun? So, the uh, four options are odd job, temptation, fast track, and decision. Let's go through all of those four options. Decision is a simple game which is i would say the element of peer pressure that is peer pressure this is the core gameplay you are presented with a dilemma and it's always something intended for high school situations your mom is uh your mom is telling you to stay at home uh for the night because your little brother is sick however 
your best friend invited you to a party. Do you sneak out and ditch your brother? Yes or no? And then all they have to do is decide yes or no. Uh, if it goes with the peer group, which is the audience holding a yes-no sign, such as if everyone says yes, I'll ditch my brother, or no, I'm going to stay with my and because my dad, my brother's sick. I don't know what they'll pick, but if it goes with the crowd, as in the majority rules, which shouldn't be the correct way to go about. And I think about peer pressure. Isn't the idea of peer pressure to not stand with the group and make not? Or like uh, rational decisions isn't supposed to be doing the right thing. I don't know. Um, but regardless of what you say, yes or no, if it matches that of the audience, you advance that many spaces. Hooray! That's a good thing. You 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 won the trivia question, even though it's not a trivia question. If you get it wrong, you don't move any spaces. It happens. The second. Uh, is a game called Odd Job. Odd Job is about four, five, or six spaces. It's a little higher on the board. Odd Job is basically a physical challenge on Double Dare, but they try to put it off like a game of life decision. Oh, uh, you are uh, working at a clothes shop. You have exactly 30 seconds to dress up this mannequin before the, the store opens. On your market, set, go. If they can complete the challenge, uh, they advance that many spaces. That That's it. So it's kind of like the this dilemma, but with silly challenges. So uh, emulate the, ma- the model and strut. Uh, go through this and toss things into a box. Clean up the thing. Uh, clean this thing up. Oh no, uh, you threw a party and there's all this trash on the floor and your mom's about to show up. You gotta clean this up in 30 seconds. Uh, it's just a weirdest thing. Also, they had Piano Boy from Single Out do the soundtrack. So during all of this, you'll be hearing just Piano Boy John Evans, how's it going? I feel like I have to do a Chris Hardwick whenever I hear Piano Boy John Evans. Piano Boy John, hey Piano Boy, uh, you know it's uh, you know we have a lot of fun today here on uh, Peer Pressure. He, by the way, he's not the host. Chris Hardwick is not hosting. Jenny McCarthy's nowhere to be found, or Carmen. Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit. <clears throat> the third is a really cool option. It's called The Temptation. The Temptation is uh, you have a decision to make. You can take a prize and go back certain spaces, go back two spaces, or you cannot take the prize in advance a certain amount of spaces. Usually it's three, I've noticed. It's like three spaces. Sometimes it's two. But... It's like the coolest damn prizes. And when you consider only whoever, like only one person wins, it's like, are you really a loser if, if like the, the co-host is offering you like passes to Six Flags Magic Mountain for a year when that's typically the grand prize? Are you really considered a loser if you uh, have a leather jacket and you can have a dinner party with 20 of your friends at Hard Rock Cafe? Oh, hey, I know you like music. So we're giving you $300 in Tower Records. And you get to see and you get these tickets to any concert in Los Angeles. How is that like a, a temptation? You're not giving away a really great prize at the end. It's not really a risk reward system. You would take the damn prizes every time. Because if the grand prize is like a gateway computer worth like $800, like, is it really a big deal to take the $600 prize? It just, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it's, it's like the coolest thing because idea is supposed to be like a decision point in the game. But because of the grand prize at the end being very, you're not winning like a, a trip to Hawaii. You're not... Uh, winning a, a, a vacation anywhere. You're not going, 
You're not winning a huge laptop computer or a, um, I gotta think, what would be cool things that teens from the 90s would enjoy? You're not getting, like, a home arcade. You're not getting, like, concert tickets and meeting backstage your favorite band. You're not... You're not getting, like, like, it's not huge prizes. Sometimes they did offer, like, an ensemble. You won four prizes. You won this and this. But most of the time, it was just, like, you won a gateway computer. Like, you were on fucking wearing Time is Carmen San Diego or something. You won the computer. Yay. <laughs> so, the, for me, if I was a contestant on peer pressure, I'd take the damn temptation. You get a year's supply of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Fuck yeah, I'm taking it. That's a year's supply of ice cream in the 90s. Hell yeah. Get the Dorid's Domino's pizza for a year? Hell yeah, I'm taking it. What, what, what is so, what's better than pizza for a year that I could win as the grand prize? Is, is it a, a CRT TV, like an old school cathode ray TV? Most likely no. Not even like a, a, a VCR. Usually that's the, like the giveaway prize. What if it was like a PlayStation? I don't know. But each player gets one of these. It's a fast track. And everyone also gets one temptation per game. Everyone gets one odd job and one dilemma as well. So everyone gets their own thing. The fast track, by the way. Stop me if you hear this. It's basically an odd job. It's a physical challenge, but it's a much more difficult physical challenge. It's kind of like spell a weird, complicated word or uh, knock down the pin uh, from like 12 feet away. If you can do these amazing skill shots in one attempt, uh, you will advance eight spaces, which is the biggest move you can make in peer pressure. And uh, if you're playing along at home... It's also a big enough space that you can pretty much gain yourself the win, or at least going into the second round. Sometimes people have won fast track and not even bothered going into third place because they took the temptation and left. And you know what? I don't blame them for that either. So they, so it just becomes everyone gets one of three options. All right, let's see what you got. You got an odd job for five. All right, you are... You are a, working at a supermarket, and you got to stack cans. If you can stack the 15 cans in 20 seconds, you win. All right, good, set, go. Oh, it's the temptation. We know uh, you love uh, uh, Sam Goody. We can't afford Tower Records all the time, so here's Sam Goody. So we'll get you movies from our friends at Sam Goody. <laughs> okay, done. And let's see what you got. You got Dilemma. <clears throat> uh, do, you, do you think, like, you, you see a really cool boy at school and you have a crush on him, but you find out he has braces? Do you still ask him out on a date? What? <laughs> I just... It's just... Such a stupid show. Uh, once everybody goes through their 12, because everyone gets one odd job, one temptation, one fast track, one dilemma, sometimes you'll be hearing a ring-a-ding-ding -ding noise, and that sound means it's time for a pop quiz, a pop-pop, where uh, the host will get to read a question, and you have to run off your game board onto one of the two buzzers on the stage, which is one in the audience and one by the giant video display monitor that really doesn't do anything except for one square. More on that in just a second. And if, you're, if you get it right, you advance two spaces. Remember, every space is important. So it's kind of been used. So basically the pop quiz is mostly used as a tiebreaker mechanic because if everyone goes through their respective spaces, everyone will end up at the same space. Someone will end up at the starting line if they go through all four and they hit one of the questions correct. He figured it out. All right. So, yes, there is go back spaces. Yes, there's move forward spaces on the board. But there's also a special space. There's only one special space on the board. 
that's not a move ahead or move back. I don't even think there's I don't think there's only one move back. And that is the right decisions right now square. And uh I I honestly never saw that square get landed on until I saw an episode get uploaded on YouTube about a few months back. So now I can finally tell everyone what the right decisions right now square is. It's kind of like the dilemma space, but instead it's a video. We look at the video, we pause, and then you have to answer the question. And the question was this time around, you or your parents are away uh, for work. So you and your brother have to clean your pool. The instructions say you have to put the chlorine tablet once a month. But uh uh-oh, you put it in once a week. Do you tell your parents and your friends who want to go for... Do you tell your your friends who want to go swimming in your pool? Yes or no? And then... It's this so fucking stupid line. I have I I'm in shock right now. If you're wondering why there's pauses, my jaw is dropping because I just remember how fucking stupid it is. He grabs a remote. Well, let's see what happened if you didn't say it. And it shows all of these crappy like kid actors like pointing like pretending like there's a pandemic in the pool. Their hands are covering their eyes, going, ah, yeah, my eyes are crying. They're getting, they're jumping out of the pool. And the host is going, you're melting their eyes out. You win. You're right. Yeah, they're hurt. Yeah. And I was like, this is so fucked up. This is the most fucked up show. We're celebrating kids getting maimed on television. What the shit? <laughs> so, you then they advance in that many spaces. Also, it's a good PSA from our friends at Right Decision Right Now, the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. Thanks, R.J. Reynolds. So, now you hear the ring-a-ding-ding noise. And it's not pop quiz, so we we finish, and then you'll hear the electric guitar. That that's noise. That's what it sounds like. Yes, if it sounded annoying to you, imagine how it sounds in real life. About the same. And that some means we are out of time, and we see that so and so and so and so are closest to the finish line, which means our third place player. Oh, I'm so sorry. You have to go for co-host now. So then our co-host is like, oh, I'm sorry. Then let's go over and get a burger. And I, normally I like hamburgers. But this is fucking insulting. So what they do with the runner-up as we, we go into our final round, the pressure cooker, is we, we get the, the third-place player, the person who apparently sucked the most at this luck-based game show. And we force them to wear a paper hat in an apron and be a a quote-unquote hamburger flipper a fry cook and hand over mcdonald's cheeseburgers to the crowd (laughs) because they didn't even fucking change like the wrapper or anything they didn't even give like fake burgers they fucking like some poor pa had to fucking drive their fucking camaro over to like McDonald's and make like the call like uh we need like twenty hamburgers and twenty cheeseburgers. Uh thank you. And drive it over to the studio. Hope it's not cold by the time the filming ends. So they hand out cheeseburgers to the crowd. Why? <laughs> cause it cause it the idea is supposed to be, I guess, like if you fucking don't do well in peer pressure you work as a fry cook i think that was it it's kind of like that class reductionist like a working class individual working at a fast food place yeah they're just made bad decisions in life don't be like that guy what (laughs) it fucking it's shit it's like i get it you want to have like some sort of like haha humiliation thing 
it just doesn't fit on this fucking show. And obviously, like, the contestants don't care. It's just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Fine. Here you go. Here's Burger. Ugh, I'm an actor. Because all these people are fucking... Every, everyone knows. Anyone who's, like, a contestant on these shows... Like, I'm going to assume most of these people are, like, teenagers who are trying to break into acting. So it's like, okay, here's a hamburger, sir. <laughs> and it, it's just very embarrassing. However, sometimes people win a prize and they still end up in third place. So it's like, eh, who cares? The one that I remember was they had the contestant win a Hard Rock Cafe jacket and they lost, but so what they did was and stuff. Yeah, you know what? Let's just not have you wear the jacket. Let's just keep showing off that really cool leather jacket that you want, or a denim jacket, either or. It was the nineties, so <laughs> it is one of the. <sighs> so as we humiliate the third place player by saying you're working as a fry cook, uh, because the nineties. I don't know. Would the, the Real Big Fish song show up? That sellout song? But I can't work in fast food all my life. That that song? Did that show up yet? Maybe. It was the 90s. I think it was, the, I think it was 98. The sellout song? I don't know why I'm thinking Skull all of a sudden. So now we move on to the pressure cooker round. The pressure cooker round is basically decision. But instead of a decision with long time uh questions you are a high school student do you ditch class to go see a rock concert you see basically have you ever's like have you ever uh snuck into a movie theater yes or no do you uh do you uh have you ever stolen a french fry on the table yes or no do you think uh Have you ever uh, missed homework intentionally? Yes, no. Like, it's all, like, basic questions. Sometimes sometimes it's just opinion questions. Like, do you think uh, movie tickets are too pricey? And I'm just going to say this right now. The fucking contestant said no in the 90s. And I think that movie tickets are so pricey has been, like, a thing since, like, the late 70s, early 80s. The ticket prices are too high and expensive. And nowadays, Jesus Christ. Oh, well. So they go back and forth. It's a yes, no decision. You know, like uh, the, the it, sometimes it's opinion. Sometimes it's have you ever did this? Have you ever did that? Do you brush your teeth every night? Yes or no? They say yes or no. Then the crowd on their half of the audience holds up the yes or holds up the no. And if it's correct, they get one point. If not, they get no points. And we go back to the next player. So it's back and forth, back and forth. This continues until the final, until somebody uh, gets, I think, three points. I think that's it. So, yeah, three correct, they win the game. And they win bonus prizes. Second place, I don't know. You you win a consolation prize or something. You may maybe you win Armatron watch with Tweety Bird. Sounds like something they would give. So that's mostly what pe what peer pressure was. You had this really interesting idea of like dilemma decisions, and the final round really hit hit home those decisions. It's opinion questions. Do you go with the group? Obviously, that's an easygoing episode because you can easily just have a whole bunch of questions. It's all opinion. That's your power of tens. That's your card sharks. That's your uh, let's ask Americas that are really easy to produce because it's an opinion. You can't really say that's the correct answer. Or not it's a subjective thought. It's it's not really uh, it's an opinion. It's not factual. So it, it's easy to gauge a right answer versus wrong answer. And you have physical challenges, some of which were repurposed from Singled Out, like the Milk the Cow game. They, they did that on Singled Out a few times. Uh, and then you, you have, like, all these, like, 
weird like decisions and price points like i obviously the people who made this show they actually like try to make like a board game and it sounded like they had a much more elaborate show in mind and then they cut the budget in certain areas and probably they decided against the dice roll in favor of a magic eight ball that rolls and shows uh, the game. So odd job, temptation, fast track, or decision. And as it rolls, the big triangle will say, decision three. As it does a noise. It, it's, look, that's kind of interesting. Now I can talk about the uh, hosts. There's two hosts. Nick Spano and Valerie Ray. Nick Spano is probably the worst game show host in my mind. I think he's okay, by the way. I think he was like a pre-Joe Rogan. Like, if, if, if Joe Rogan wasn't a thing on Fear Factor, Nick Spano would have probably taken that spot because he had that same kind of uh, idiot, tough guy, frat guy kind of hosting dilemma. And he's just going like, hey, you know, we're having fun here on peer pressure. Boo! It was... Let's just say he's no Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, at least I can say he's a competent host at times. Like, the problem is, like, he gets bad formats. Chris Hardwick, uh, Chris Hardwick. I have to break this into Chris Hardwick because it's the, it's a single now producers. Chris Hardwick gets stuck with really shit formats. When he started, it was trashed. He was working at uh, L.A., and the whole gimmick was breaking your own personal shit. So it's like, we're destroying your baseball card collection. Bye-bye. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is fucking horrible. Say goodbye to your say goodbye to your prized possessions. Bye-bye, video games. Bye-bye. Just what the fuck? Like, people's, like, teddy bears get demolished. And he's just pointing and laughing. <laughs> and then, like what 20 years later he goes on attack of the show and goes yeah i love nerd shit you know like i love video games and comic books well like he's burning comic books in front of some nerd because he couldn't get nirvana question correctly like what the fuck it was such a bad format singled out it worked because he had this very nerdy dweeby voice so he played into that more. So now he's nerdy, dweeby Chris Hardwick and the hot, beautiful Carmen Electra or Jenny McCarthy going, oh, look at all these people who are horny. <laughs> That's great. That's great, Jenny. You know, everyone's a little horny sometimes. <laughs> then, of course, you know, alcoholism, drinky, drinky. He ends up with shipmates, gains like a bunch of weight. Uh, he loses that weight, goes on attack of the show, does gadget stuff forms nerdist and suddenly his career's revived he does stand up all over the place and then obviously an incident happens a little sexual harassment while in the middle of doing the wall where he's trying to be seacrest and going this is a lot of money do you want to do that's right we're gonna drop for ball which is the same energy he had on trashed uh the reason I bring that up is because I would take Hardwick over Nick Spano. Hardwick would have probably made this seem even more dumb than it is, but at least like he would keep the proceedings going. So it would have been like, oh, right, this is a decision. This is for uh, three points. Uh, so, okay, so here, here's the thing here. Um, you, you are going on your first date with the girl you have a crush on, but you accidentally uh, spill soda on yourself. Do you get a new shirt or do you go with the stain? What do you do? Like that. Nick is just boring. Nick is just like, all right, so this is a decision for three points. So if you go here, oh, okay. Well, that's it. We'll be back with more game. Right this, you're watching peer pressure. And then just points to the camera. And I don't know. Maybe he was on weed. Maybe he was on the weed uh, in the 90s. And it was just stoned out of his fucking mind during the tapes because dude wasn't fully there. <laughs> and it kind of shows. Maybe it was because, like, like maybe because it's like his first time ever hosting a show. He was an actor, obviously, Nick Bono. He's, he's an actor. He's told to host. 
And maybe he didn't really notice that a game show films multiple episodes at a day. So in the first maybe two episodes, he's all energy. He's all being game shows like, yeah, you did it. Go this way. Yeah. Woo. And then he realizes it's like 3 p.m. and you're on your fifth episode. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go. Here's a question. Take it away. Here I do. Yeah. And just completely out of breath. Because I'm guessing that's what did him in is the frequency of hosting a show multiple days at a time for multiple day, like multiple episodes, multiple days would drive him insane. And I'm thinking that's what happened with peer pressure with Nick Swano. He went on to do even Stevens. He's Donnie on even Stevens. Remember Donnie Stevens. That's Nick Spano, the host of peer pressure. The other person I have to point out here is the co-host, Valerie. We just talked about Valerie over on the Gladiators episode. She's back on this one. And this one, at least I will say, was something. Valerie's whole personality is shout. Because shout equals energy. So she is the equivalent of every casting producer on game shows. We need you to be chipper excited. Yeah! You go, yeah! We know you love it, we're excited! Woo! Like that kind of energy. You know it, and it is exhausting. Because no one's ever really that way. Valerie is that the entire show. And I think for casting people, that's great. Because, you know, here's your co-host, and Valerie's kind of taking the lead on the show. And you're Nick Spano a guy who is probably on his fourth episode and going, I want to, all right, this is an odd job. This is for six. And here's Valerie going, yeah, this is your odd job. This is for six. If you do this, and you get five points. Go over there. Yay. It, it's like Cyber Lucy from Wheel 2000. Although I think the voice of Cyber Lucy is uh, another actress who did O Sit. But Valerie She's just energy. She was just a pure energy on the show. And Gladiators 2000. Ooh. I'm going to take a stab in the dark here and say Valerie wanted to work in MTV. Um, and this was trying to be her gateway into working in MTV, maybe for TRL or something. It didn't work out for her, unfortunately. But honestly, I could have seen her being casted on MTV instead of this show. Because she had that kind of energy better than game show host energy. So, uh, Nick Spano, go on to play a, a dorky older brother character. Valerie, I think she's uh, doing podcasting these days, like me. I don't know. She probably has voice acting work. And uh, that's the show. The show where you can win a stereo boombox or you can go on to the final round where you have 50 50 chance at winning roller coaster with your boombox like you get two prizes yay all while you hear this theme song that is just like six notes over and over over and over over and over it is non-stop it would make a man go insane no mere mortal can survive peer pressure both in real life and in the game show this is a game show that can break many people outside of the world of game shows. I just love to tell about it. But now we got to go into the dark secret of peer pressure. The secret that I did not even bring up yet. Yes, we talked about Nick Spano, a guy who was a precursor to Joe Rogan. Valerie, who actually did okay on this show, but kind of did nothing else after this. A weird show that looked like it had random elements of chance, but had no chance at all. And now we get to the good stuff. 
So season one completes. It actually was considered a success. Go figure. For for just like oh, it was paired with Click, it worked. So they decided we are going to do season two of Cl- of Click. So they finished season two of Click. They got peer pressure. It works. But now uh, Click. Oof. So we for season two of Click, they they continue going. But I think now peer pressure uh you know we we're, we're trying to figure this out here so we're we're we unfortunately lost uh, the right to the magic eight ball so that's really tough uh we don't really have our prize budget anymore so uh we're gonna have to reformat the show a bit now, normally, when you hear in the world of game shows, we're reformatting. That means we're cheapening the budget. We're doing a celebrity episode, more episodes, less prizes. No, 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 no. What are you talking about here? That actually needs money to operate, even on a lower standpoint. What if, what if you can't show the Magic 8 Ball anymore? The wow. So, what they decided to do was call it pressure and they did pop up video over the receding episodes you couldn't show the magic eight ball so they just had an on-screen overlay display what it is no mention to it they had to mute the words peer pressure at every instance of the show congratulations you just won pressure Valerie doing the introductions. This is Gary. Gary says that he loves video games, but he's a. But be careful, you guys, or else it's game over. This is Chris. Chris loves lacrosse, and he loves to go for the goal. Can he reach the finish line this time? And this is Sabrina. Sabrina's a bookworm who loves to go to the library, but she said, I will gladly ditch my books to go on a date any day. These three players are going through a life-size game board as they try to survive. Pressure. <laughs> Here's your host, Nick Spano. Thanks, Valerie. So, <laughs> it's just horrendous. So, all of these edits on already existing episodes, while the show is showing the peer pressure logo at all instances... Then, then, as they, they show the Peer Pressure logo and they just say pressure, as you clearly see, the title of the show is called Peer Pressure, and your pop-up's going like, did you know we used two million, two gallons of milk in this up in this challenge? Did you know that most dairy comes from Wisconsin? <laughs> like... All of these really shitty pop-up because pop-up video was the hot hottest shit in 1990s, the late 90s. Pop-up video pop. They do this rip-off pop-up video fun factoids on a game show, repurposing season one episodes with it. And while doing that, they didn't recorded actors doing the dilemmas as well. So now this is the weirdest part. You have a decision, it's for three. And instead of Nick Spano or Valerie reading the questions, usually it was Valerie, and then Nick goes, well, what do you think? Let's completely almost erase Valerie from the equation and now have two teens uh, ask a question. So it becomes like, like an, imagine like a, a person who's a, maybe like a, a freshman in high school really scared because they're on camera and they're going you just got a new car but and your friends want to go with you for a joyride but you want to stop at a fast food restaurant they want to eat in your brand new car do you let them and of course that's your decision but then after the break on these new repurposed pressure episodes you then get a pop-up with another actor going, 
I would tell them no and we would eat inside. I don't want to hurt my new car. Just fucking. Oh. Oh, God. Just. Oh, God. Oh. God damn it. Ah, that's painful. It just is painful. And then. Click gets canceled. No shit. The ratings go down. No shit. But. But. Even though. Click is gone. Click gets canceled. They still decide to fucking do pressure. Again. But this time around. Pressure. (laughs) They fucking changed the name to Pressure 2. (laughs) Season 3 of Peer Pressure is Pressure 2. You want me to tell you what they did to the show? Fucking nothing. They did nothing for season three of Peer Pressure. Not a goddamn thing. Why? It is so painful. Oh. It. So they muted Peer Pressure. They they had to change the graphics. They. They had it called Pressure 2 because the idea is, well, we will build Pressure 1, and that's called Pressure, and Pressure will be on right before Peer Pressure, so we have two game shows to produce, Pressure 1 and Pressure 2, and yes, the first quiz show has to be called Pressure 1, and this has to be called Pressure 2, and both have the same fucking shitty-ass theme song, oh my god, just... It hurts so fucking much. It hurts so, so much. I get hurt. I get really, really hurt. Pressure 1 was a Charlotte spinoff of Peer Pressure. The show, which it spun off, was named Pressure 2. It was hosted by Mark Long. Mark Long was on MTV. He was a he was on reality show. I think he was on Real... I think he was on Road Rules, if I'm not mistaken. Unlike its parent show, Pressure 1, which is based on general trivia, the only similarities between the two is the shared logo and theme song. At the end of each round, a clip of the eliminated player telling the viewers the most embarrassing moment referred to as the Wall of Shame. Four contestants competed in answering questions, with the round ending after three of the four players had each correctly answered two questions. A remaining player was eliminated, hence the round's name. It was called Four is a Crowd. Round two is called Take That. The remaining three players compete in another round of questions, which begin with the first player to win a spot in that round, choosing one of the two possible categories to answer a question, then giving the remaining category to their opponents for them to buzz in and answer. The player they answer correctly will be given a chance for two categories to play if the other two players try in their luck, and so on with the remainder of the round. And correct answers worth 10. When time expired, lowest scoring player was eliminated. Pressure cooker... They would face off in a lightning round, which they had to answer five questions in 60 seconds. Whoever answered them the fastest time, whoever answered the most questions correctly within 60 seconds, won the game and the prize package. Both players received the same questions. The contestant playing second was sequestered in isolation booth, so they could not hear the questions or the answers. (sighs) Boy, pressure one sure sounds like fun. Can't wait to hear pressure two. As people answer questions for three spaces, as they hear the same theme song, two teen shows uh, ratings revenues. I think that was peer pressure and then click, but I can't read that. It's a firm go. Ugh! All these ads, all these trade ads. So. I peer pressure is is one of the most awful game shows to me. And did I mention at the end of Pressure One, as in the trivia show, they did a dance party, and they had like a guy who was like the pressure ma- like a guy who was pretending like he worked in an industrial plant, trying to make funny lines. Yeah, so the, the peer pressure game show that we're talking about 
with the pop quizzes and temptation and odd jobs that ends with everyone in the audience running on stage and celebrating with the contestant and everyone just hangs out as you hear John is the piano guy and wow 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 anyway the show got canceled after the third season and thankfully was put to rest because it's one of the worst game shows I've ever seen Although the first season was clearly an idea uh, to, to, to create, uh, and it was an okay idea format-wise, they really kind of screwed up the idea of what to do. So here was my idea. Here's my pitch. Why not you just put the temptation, odd job, fast-track decisions on the board like it's a pie piece on Trivial Pursuit? So it's like red is the odd job, blue is the dilemma, green is a temptation, and yellow is a fast track. That way you color coordinate everything. You have the player roll like a one dice, a one to six dice. And if they, wherever it lands on, if they complete the win condition on whatever that challenge is, they get to roll again. And you keep that going until someone makes the finish line or time runs out that way there's some element of luck and you can have like five decisions in one episode or three temptations or four temptations or something because typically like this whole show is already pre-formatted to the point of there's nothing in it for the contestants it's not really a board game there's no luck-based element so why it it does not to me, this is the worst game show. I wish I can come up with like positives and good takeaways, uh, but I really like they had all of the makings for a great game show, and they just fucked it up. That's it. Uh, I don't think the show should ever be rebooted. I don't think the show should ever be revived. I just think if you're going to try this again, a concept like this. A, make a better game prize. Hey, you and a friend uh, go to Orlando to Disney World. Hey, you're good. And then you make the decisions cooler. Here's a Sephora gift card. Here's uh, an Apple Watch. Something that's like the teens would enjoy. <sighs> just All of this just screamed uh, half-assed in a way that it just annoyed the fuck out of me. Please go out of your way to watch an episode, though, to show what not to do when making a game show or to point and laugh at it because it's a horrible mess of a show. Uh, and when, if you look close enough, you might actually get to see the, the original host of Street Smarts, Frank Nicotero, make a cameo appearance as uh, not just the warm-up guy for the show, because he was, but in doing one of the hilarious odd job bits. Anyway... Thank you for joining me on this episode of Game Shows, I suppose. One of the worst game shows ever made peer pressure. See ya! Bwow! <laughs>